Tonight, God's Word comes to us from Colossians chapter 2. Colossians 2, we're going to begin our reading at verse 1 and read through verse 15. We're going to focus tonight on verses 6 through 15. Colossians 2, beginning at verse 1. What we hear now is God's word. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elementary spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith to the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. And here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, we have for the last several weeks together uh, been studying Paul's letter to the Colossians, and we have been dealing really up to this point with introductory matters. Paul has been working up to what he wants to talk about. He has told us about Christ and the glory of Christ. Christ, who is firstborn of creation, Christ who was firstborn of redemption. Christ in whom is the mystery of the gospel. Christ in you the hope of glory. He says in verse verse 3 of Christ, in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He introduces us to who Jesus Christ is. And now he's going to transition and say, because you know who that Christ is, you will live in a particular way. I said that verses uh, 6 and 7 are really the heart of this book. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, 
So walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. As you will learn about who Christ is, now live based on that knowledge. The fact that we know Christ affects what we do. It even affects how we think. It appears that in Colossae there were challenges to the faith. Challenges to the faith intellectually and challenges to the faith ethically with regard to their practice. He's going to now address those particular issues with the Colossian church. In chapter 2, he's going to talk about those intellectual challenges we might face. And in chapter 3, which we will get to, he's going to talk about those ethical challenges. Just as the Colossian church needed encouragement in their walk with Christ, uh, we need the same. What is our life in Christ to look like? What does it mean that we know Christ Jesus the Lord? Paul begins by reminding them that, that this coming to know Christ was something that was given to them. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord. Not that they were out seeking, they were given the gift. The gift of salvation. And having received Christ Jesus, they were brought in to fellowship with him and brought in to the church. He describes that in verse 11 in terms of circumcision. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ. He speaks in terms of their sacramental entrance into the people of God, reminding them that, that they have been initiated through this circumcision, not a physical circumcision, but one done spiritually. That, that just as circumcision removed the flesh from the body, so their fleshly nature was to be cut off. They were to change the way they lived. No longer going back to the old practices, no longer going back to the old ways, not even the old patterns of thinking, but they had been changed. Christ had come, and in Him they had been circumcised. Their sin cut away. He changes that circumcision language to baptism language. Look at verse 12. Having been buried with Him in baptism, in which you also were raised with Him through, the, through faith in the powerful working of God who raised Him from the dead. Baptism, that initiatory rite that we use today, entrance into the church. Baptism is a picture, children, you remember that? A picture of washing with water. That our sins have been washed away. We have been cleansed. Other pictures of baptism, which he references here, we have been buried with Christ. Our sins buried with Him, left in the grave, and we come out to new life. How we live is affected by knowing what Jesus Christ has done for us. We have been brought in to the people of God. Christ did that which only He could do. Wash us, cleanse us, make us new creatures in Him. And Christ continues that work today. He continues to build His church. He continues to bring those in who recognize what He has done. Who recognize they could not wash themselves. They could not cleanse themselves only by Jesus Christ's blood and by His Spirit. 
could their sins be washed away? That's God's call to us tonight. If we have never, never admitted that we are incapable of saving ourselves, that we need someone else, God calls us tonight to embrace Jesus Christ, receive what he has done, and know what it is to be brought in, initiated into the people of God. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him. We've been given a glorious gift the gift of salvation, the gift of new life, and that gift has to affect the way that we live. Paul is going to give us, in verse 7, four pictures of what that walk, what that walk in the life of Christ looks like. Four pictures that all, all speak about, about growth, in ourselves, growth in our love for God, in our knowledge of God. He begins by saying, so walk in Him, rooted in Him. Rooted in Him. Our life in Christ is to be rooted like a tree. And now you know why I read Psalm 1 earlier. Psalm 1 speaks about the righteous, who is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. The picture of growth, being rooted in Christ and bearing fruit. Psalm 1 speaks of a tree, not just any tree, a tree planted by streams of water has a constant source of nutrition and growth. It's being rooted like a tree deeply planted in the earth, deeply grounded in what Christ has done. Uh, oak trees are trees that put down deep, deep roots. Now, when we live in Arizona, um, in our front yard, we did not have an oak tree. We had an Arizona ash tree. It's very, very different. Arizona ash has very, very shallow roots. Uh, they reach out trying to get whatever water they can. But an oak tree is rooted deeply. It is firm, it is sure, and it grows strong. That's the idea. We are to be rooted like a tree, growing deeply in the soil of Jesus Christ, drawing our strength from Him as He assures us day after day, growing more and more to trust in Him. Our life in Christ is to be rooted like a tree. Rooted and built up in Him. We are to be rooted like a tree. We are to be built up like a building. Now, children, you've probably seen buildings being built before. You start with a foundation. You lay a foundation, and it might be a cement slab, or it might be bricks, or whatever it might be, but a nice, firm foundation. But you don't stop there. If you see a foundation... As you're driving along the street, you say, you know, something's got to be built there. The foundation's not enough. We expect more. The same must be true of our life in Christ. Yes, we have been, been given a solid foundation in Jesus Christ, but Paul says we are to be built up like a building. A foundation that just sits there and is never built on is a waste. We expect the building to come. Our, our Christian life 
we should expect that there will be growth. We should expect we will be built up in our knowledge of who God is. If we look back at our life, the past three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, longer, do we see we are being built up? That we have a greater devotion to God? A greater love for Him? A greater desire to know Him more and more? Paul says this is to be the character of your life. If you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, then you need to be built up, to be strengthened. We talked this morning about how God uses means to answer our prayers. To be built up, we have to ask ourselves, what am I doing to be built up? Am I, am I regularly in the Word of God? Am I reading good articles about the Word of God? Am I reading good books about the Word of God? How am I, how am I to be built up if I don't do anything about it? Paul says our life in Christ grows, it changes, it develops. We are to be rooted like a tree. We are to be built up like a building. And he says, and established in the faith. And the word he uses for established here is, has the connotation of, of being assured. And I'm going to use this phrase, being established like a contract. A contract is, is a guarantee to do something. Children, if your parents bought a home, they had to sign a contract. It was a guarantee that they would do certain things. They would make certain payments. This is what, it would, this is what would happen. It was a guarantee that things would continue on. Paul says you are to be established in the faith. You are to be assured of what is true. Assured that God will continue to work in you. Assured that his word and his promises are real. We can have a hearty trust in our Heavenly Father, being established in faith, established like a contract, knowing that God will never forsake His Word, and He will never forsake His people. All of His promises are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. We can have a firm conviction that the Word of God is true, and we can be sure He will always be faithful to that word. That's what our life in Christ is to look like. Established, assured. We are rooted like a tree. We are built up like a building. We are established like a contract. And he says, abounding in thanksgiving. And the idea of abounding here has the picture of, of overflowing and abundance. And so I would say we are to be abounding like a fountain, like a spring that comes out of the ground that just continues to come. And you can take a cup of water away and it just keeps coming. You take a bucket of water away, it just keeps coming. Abounding over and over and over. Abounding in thanksgiving. Our life in Christ is to be characterized as a life of thankfulness. Abounding, overflowing for what He has done for us overflowing because he has brought us into fellowship with him. We have been initiated into the church. He is working in us that we can be rooted like a tree. We can be built up like a building. We can be established and sure of who he is. And we continue to thank him. We overflow with gratitude because he cares for us, his people. As you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Live this way, rooted, built up, 
established and abounding in thanksgiving. When this is the character of our life, of our life in Christ, we are then able to to be protected from the challenges that come our way. So that there were challenges coming to the Colossian church. Challenges, look back in verse 4. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments, intellectual challenges to the faith. I want you to be built up, rooted, established, that you may be able to, to not be deluded, fooled. When someone comes with the right sounding words, Perhaps they come with the right initials behind their name. Perhaps they've written many journal articles. And we think, well, they must know what they're talking about. But they come and they begin to bring a message that doesn't fit with the gospel. Do not be deluded, Paul says, by their plausible arguments. They almost sound like they could be true. It sounds reasonable. They're using all the words we use. But it doesn't match up with the truth of Scripture. We see the church continually challenged. Still today, on some of our most fundamental beliefs, we think of the, 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 the heart of the Reformation, justification by faith alone. That doctrine still being challenged today by those outside the church, by those inside the church, who come with plausible-sounding arguments and all the right credentials. But what they say does not match up with the Word of God. When we are, are rooted in Jesus Christ, we can withstand those challenges. We can go back to His Word to be instructed. In fact, Paul goes on, verse 8, See to it that no one takes you captive. This is not just being deluded. No one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition. We'd be taken captive by these these false teachings. One of the best ways to get a false teaching into the church, one of the simplest ways to get a false teaching in the church is just say it over and over and over. When we hear something, even a lie, when we hear it enough times, it begins to sink in as if it is truth. Paul says we are to be rooted, built up, established, abounding, so we might not be taken captive by philosophy, by empty deceit, according to human tradition. Children, that's why your your parents bring you here to church. So you can be grounded, so you can know the truth. Now, I suppose we as parents, could try to teach our children every possible lie out there. I suppose we could try that, to teach every lie that they could hear. But how much simpler just to teach them and ground them in the Word of God. And then, and then when they hear something that doesn't, doesn't match up with this word, even if we haven't talked about it as a particular lie, they say, that's not right. That's not what the Word of God says. Because I am rooted, I am grounded in the truth God has given to us. And we are protected. Protected from the lie. Protected from the captivity. 
I guess I would challenge those particularly who are uh, going off to college or returning to college. There are all kinds of ideas out there. If they do not match the truth of the Word of God, you are being led astray. You are being deluded, perhaps even taken captive. Return once again to the truth of God's Word. Here is where God powerfully protects us, because left to ourselves, we would be deluded. But we're not left to ourselves. Look at verse 9. For in Him, that is in Christ, for in Him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in Him. To be sure, in Christ, He is the fullness of the deity of God. And Paul says, that fullness fills you as well. Christ works in us. Christ strengthens us. Christ helps us to think clearly. Not being deluded by the false teachings. Not being taken captive by the false teaching. His power working within us. Left to ourselves, we'd be easily dragged away. But God doesn't leave us to face these challenges on our own. He gives us His Word. He gives us the assurance that that Word is true. And we can, be, we can be assured that His truth never changes. God preserves us as we walk with Him. This is the Christian life to which we have been called. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Walk in Him in a way that you are recognizing what He has done for, for you. He has brought you in. And he will continue to walk that life with you. We are to be rooted like a tree, planted deep in Jesus Christ. We are to be built up like a building, continuing to grow in our knowledge of him, established, sure, assured his word is always true, and abounding, overflowing with thanksgiving. Oh, may God continue to help us. We have received Christ Jesus as Lord, May he help us so to walk in him. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we thank you for the glories of your word. A word that is true, a word that is always true, that will never lead us astray. You've given us the great privilege to have received Jesus Christ as our Lord. What a glorious blessing that you acted on our behalf. Nothing we could offer to you, nothing we could give to you. You acted and we were brought in. And having been brought in, you now call us to continue our walk with you. If we have been negligent, O oh God, if we have been lazy, O oh God, we ask you would forgive us. Help us to expend ourselves that we might grow in our knowledge of you. We might grow in our love for you. We might grow in our assurance of your word day after day. We know how easily we are led astray. So Lord God, establish us. Help us to be abounding in thanksgiving. Help us to continue our life in Christ by the power of your Son, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. We pray in his name. Amen.